I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Just wait. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, good people. Welcome back to another episode of Rocks Talks Radio. Rocks Talks Radio is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. As always, it is a pleasure for, to have you join us, to be with you, to be in space. I hope wherever you are and however you are joining us, that this radio message and podcast finds you healthy and well. We, you, you've heard the show, and as you hear and, and, and join us today, um, you know that Rocks Talks Radio, the forum, is really born out of not only just sharing about the good work that Children's Services of Roxbury, a social services nonprofit in Boston that's been doing the work for 50 years. You know that we like to highlight and celebrate that organization, but you also know that this, this radio show and this, this, pot, this platform was born out of the really the murder and the loss of George Floyd and following how after that, the aftermath, um, the community reeling and the need for the more forums, more conversation um, about the poison, the problem of systemic racism, about how it was impacting the community. And many forums beyond just this one have been created. Many efforts have been initiated around dismantling systemic racism. And the conversation couldn't be more powerful, more prevalent and more appropriate than it is now. Um, And, you know, we are fortunate enough to have today on Rocks Talks a guest who um, not only is is part of that effort in, in building platforms and being a part of helping us think about ways in which we dismantle systemic racism, but really on the ground level and thinking about how we can build a healthy community. And, um, you know, it is my privilege and pleasure to have on Rocks Talks Radio today um, the executive director for the Boston Public Health Commission, Dr. Bisolo Ojikutu. And if I mispronounce your name even a little bit on this platform, I want you to make sure you let me know because I have been saying you better not mess that doctor's name up because she will come for you. So, well, welcome to Rocks Talks Radio. Um, it has been an absolute, uh, it's my absolute privilege and pleasure to welcome you to this platform. Um, this is a, a really special treat for us to have you. So thank you for joining Rocks Talks Radio. Thank you for having me. So Dr. Ojikutu, I first always want to have an opportunity in this uh, space to just give the audience, before we really kind of get into the real, um, again, the meat of today's show, I want to give the audience an opportunity to learn who you are, a little bit about your career journey and how you got to this point. So if you don't mind, talk a little bit about how you got to this point and um, your journey to the executive director of the Boston Public Health Commission. Sure. So I was born and raised in Chicago um, on the south side of the city to a Nigerian immigrant father and an African-American mother. And I tell you that and I start there because it sort of um, says a lot about who I think I became or why I I sort of got into this work. Um, Chicago is still probably one of the most racially segregated cities in the United States and the inequity that is there is just very visible. So I, and I knew very, from a very young age that I really wanted to focus my career on addressing those social issues, those economic issues that um, were dividing people who look like me from other folks. So um, I decided to go to medical school 
largely because I wanted to work in, you know, a resource limited setting, either here in the U.S. or, or abroad. And um, as it turned out, after medical school, I ended up starting my early career in sub-Saharan Africa. So I was working on global HIV and I moved to South Africa, which at the time was only maybe 10, 12 years post-apartheid. Uh, mm. And so I was there, I was running this program, um, the PEPFAR program is the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. So basically making sure that the, the big policy, the big money got down to the people on the ground um, and made sure that people got the medications that they needed that they hadn't had opportunity to take previously. So it was, it was tough. I mean, it was really a great learning experience being a black person there and sort of leading. Um, Sometimes it was a little bit painful, though, because, you know, you saw so much gross inequity Absolutely. between black people and the other folks. Mm -hmm. And so that was really, really challenging. But it was very rewarding work. I ended up coming back to the States after living there for a while. I ended up coming back to the States after actually working in about 15 other countries, um, just because, again, I wanted to kind of understand how inequity works and be a part of fixing it. But obviously we have inequity here in the United States, right? So That's I told, right. told you back about my own, you know, how I grew up in Chicago. So I wanted to come back. I came back to Boston to work at Harvard Medical School and ended up doing a lot of work also related to HIV, but really community-based work, uh, kind of understanding what the challenges are, the stigma issues, the homophobia, all the different issues that are still plaguing uh, um, a lot of um, a lot of the work that we do in people's, and really impacting people's lives. And as I was doing that, I got very much so involved in um, some really great community work that was happening around through Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan, worked with a lot of communities health centers, did some leadership work. And it just so happened that this particular position was open and it was, you know, I was approached, you know, as a leader um, to, you know, kind of take this role. Yeah. And I thought it was just a great opportunity to have an impact. And did you have, other than your educational uh, career at Harvard Medical School, yeah. did you have any other ties to Boston prior to this? Um. Well, no, because that's, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> so, so I actually came to Boston um, for training. So I, I basically came after residency to do health policy training. I was in the Commonwealth Fund Fellowship for Minority Health Policy with a lot of other, um, you know, young people of color who want wanted health equity to be their, you know, part of their careers. Mm -hmm. And so that was, yeah, that, that was really my, my, um, you know, sort of introduction to Boston and I stayed. So <laughs> people do stay. That's right. That's, that's, that says a lot about you and a lot about Boston in the same, same time. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Rocks Talks Radio on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. I'm your host, Harry Harding. I'm the Vice President of Innovation and Strategic Partnerships for Children's Services of Roxbury. Rocks Talks Radio was brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury. And today our guest is Dr. Basolo, Basola Ojikutu. And we are more than... Um, uh, privileged to have her join us today. Uh, she's the executive director of the Boston Public Health Commission. We're going to be talking a little bit more in our next segment about um, the not only just racism uh, as a public crisis, but also about what is the Boston Public Health Commission and their efforts to address uh, racism in our community. Dr. Ojukutu, on June 12th of 2020, um, the city of Boston declared racism as a public health crisis. And the Boston Public Health Commission at that time, they're and since then is committed to addressing the impact of racism in the community. Can you talk about that city's declaration, our city's declaration of racism as a public health crisis and the significance of that? 
Sure. So maybe though it, it helps a little bit to talk a little bit about racism in, in general. Obviously there's, you know, interpersonal racism, institutional racism. I think structural racism is one of the um, major focal points just as a city, as we think about it, if we think about what's happening within neighborhoods um, like, like Roxbury. So structural racism, it's fundamentally the system of unequal distribution of power, privilege, material resources, and it's essentially excluding non-white individuals and perpetuating racial inequity. And it's just very deeply embedded within our world. So the idea of these declarations, and it wasn't just done here in Boston, it was done in more than 20 different you know, cities, states, counties across yeah. the across the US. Um, and really it, you know, it 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 was the idea was that it, it'd be meaningful. But I think a lot of people have questioned how meaningful these declarations really are. Mm -hmm. And even when you look at like the American um, Public Health Association, which is the largest association for public health in the United States, they've been looking at these declarations and they, they've said very clearly that declarations themselves are often symbolic. Mm -hmm. But what's important is, can you take that symbolism and turn it into something meaningful? Can you that's create right. change from that call to action that's part of being a, a declaration? You know, Absolutely. so... In sort of the context and in light of the tragedy that was um, Mr. George Floyd's murder and in the setting of advocacy that happened at the city level, Mayor Walsh declared racism a public health crisis in June of 2020. And I think at that time, there were a number of different plans that were underway. But the big question was is there going to be funding to do anything? You know, is <laughs> that, right. again, it's this issue. Is there, is it just a declaration? Are you just saying something? Or are you actually going to put money behind it? That's right. So to Mayor Walsh's credit, he, unlike many of the leaders across the country, um, directly funded, he actually was able to shift money. $3 million um, was allocated to the Boston Public Health Commission to begin to implement um, eight strategies that were um, identified as ways to specifically address um, racism as a public health crisis crisis within mm -hmm. within the Boston Public Health Commission. So those eight strategies, I mean, it's 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 a lot, right? <laughs> I mean, basically developing solutions to dismantle racism, developing a plan, the Boston Health Equity Now plan, which is actually available online. You can read it. It's a it's it's a really a well thought through plan. A lot of people who are major leaders here in the city of Boston, as well as you know, around the state, were part of that committee, ensuring data collection to make sure that we actually can identify a problem. Because mm -hmm. if you can't measure it, then you don't know it's there and you can't really address it. Also, just think about how to advocate for state and federal policies around um, addressing structural racism, particularly, and then making sure that you're engaging marginalized communities. You know, the people who are really impacted should be, you know, not just at the table, but they should be leading the charge. Right. So that was a big part of what um, what our declaration really meant. But then in addition to that, and I, I like to say this, I think it's important, even though it was stated as racism as a public health crisis, there was a reimagining of policing. And that, again, mm. was because of what we were experiencing and what we still experience, you know, um, but just the 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 heated sort of moment that, that we were in really looking at how do you 
increase the safety, the well-being, equity of uh, within Black and Brown communities by ensuring that policing is appropriate. Right. You know, right. so there was actually a Boston Police Reform Task Force and a number of different um, sequelae that you know um, happened in regards to policing. So I think that was really important. So that was really um, what our declaration looked like. And I just want to reiterate that it was very, it was different. And I've talked to commissioners across the country, so health directors across the country. A lot of them did not get the targeted funding. And one could say, okay, well, that wasn't that much funding. But the reality is it's part of our city appropriation, and we're trying to do good things with it. I appreciate you for for raising that, especially around um, bringing around the funding piece, right? Because it's one thing to have, you know, again, a declaration or a symbolic gesture or acknowledgement of the issue or the problem. But, you know, and I, I, rem- I don't remember who said this, but someone had one point said to me, you know, that essentially a, a budget is a moral document, right? Because at the end of the day, it, you know, it's putting your money where your mouth is. It's one thing to say that I'm about this, but if the money's not going there, then again, it's, it's, it's just one, it's just words at the end of the day. And right. so to have the funding behind it, again, you acknowledging that is really, really, um, it's really not a point to overlook. Um, you you touched on some of this as you were unpacking um, this, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity to also talk a little bit more about getting a little bit more granular or just thinking about the practice and the practical side of this beyond just the where that mm-hmm. funding has been going. Um, mm-hmm. What ways have you seen it work here in Boston? How has the Boston Public Health Commission addressed racism um, since the declaration, since the funding has been allocated towards, towards doing so? Mm-hmm. So, you know, my predecessor, I think, did something that was smart. She really said, okay, we need to focus internally first. You know, sometimes you need to get your own house in order. Right. I would say all the time. You need right, to get right. your own house in order. Every day. Before you're, <laughs> right, before you're out trying to address, you know, racism. It's, it's a big issue, as That's I try right. to define it. It is a big issue. So there was a lot of focus on institutional racism within the Boston Public Health Commission. And that's that's really key because it, it's typical of large institutions that there's a power imbalance, you know, and there's not diversity. And this is the case, I mean, across the country, it's not just, this is not just unique to Boston. It's just this issue of creating a culture of belonging, a place where everybody feels like they can build their career, a place where Boston residents can um, be guaranteed a fair chance, you know, to get an opportunity and then to be promoted. So we really needed to get our own house in order. And um, we essentially expanded on an office that we already have and now have an office of racial equity and community engagement. We call that our RISI. It's led by um, uh, Trini's Polk, who's mm-hmm. been leading the charge on a lot of this work. We developed an anti-racism policy um, that uh, really delves into a lot of the issues about even engaging communities, you know, engaging small organizations mm-hmm. and making sure the pro- procurement is fair, you know, these types of things. We focus on data. And to be quite honest with you, our data has been was quite good throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, even though across the country, there were a lot of questions about race and ethnicity data, lack of collection. Mm-hmm. Um, we have anti-racism and DEI training, a robust workforce development program, um, really trying to create a culture of belonging. We have uh, core values that we stand by, uh, equity, anti-racism, people-centeredness, collaboration and transparency, all of which, you know, we try to promote across all of our programs. And now we're taking a look at our mission statement. You know, our mission statement, as many listeners probably have heard, um, is to protect 
preserve and promote the health and well-being of all Boston residents, particularly the most vulnerable. Well, you know, maybe that should include something about inequity, you know, or maybe it should include something about racism. You, you know, think? these yeah. are the issues that we know are at the crisis point. If this is the tipping point for all of what we're seeing in terms of the the health inequities and health disparities, then maybe we need to work on that. So that's that's where you know things initially went. Now we're looking externally and thinking about what are the next you know big ideas that we have thank you for unpacking that and it's important i think also to know that this is iterative right like it does mm -hmm. it's not going to just end right right today tomorrow like this is an ongoing effort exactly. that all exactly. all the, exactly all the organizations that are doing this work it's it's not it's, that's right it's that's so right. important all to note that absolutely mm -hmm. um uh, you're listening to Rocks Talks Radio on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station with your host, Harry Harding. And um, we are today joined by uh, Dr. Basola Ojukutu, the executive director of the Boston Public Health Commission. Uh, we've been um, unpacking both you know, her journey to um, the Boston to Boston, the Boston Public Health Commission, also talking about um, Boston declaring um, racism a public health crisis and beyond that, what are the now the, the practical ways, the actual ways in which um, racism is being addressed. And uh, when we come back from break, we're actually going to dive just a bit deeper and go even more on the ground and talk about um, one of the partnerships that is particularly taking place between Boston Public Health Commission, Children's Services of Roxbury, and another organization called Digital Ready. So stay tuned for that because this is Rocks Talks Radio. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. You hear that? This is my Boston accent. This is my Boston accent. Yeah, it is. Shh. This is my Boston accent. This is our Boston accent. Hear it for yourself. Discover your own. This is Boston, and we are all inclusive. Welcome back to Rocks Talks Radio and WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, brought to you by Boston Neighborhood Network and Children's Services of Roxbury. I'm your host, Harry Harding. Today on Rocks Talks Radio, I am joined by Dr. Basola Ojakutu. She is the executive director of the Boston Public Health Commission. Uh, we have been having a great conversation and talking about not only just uh, her work at the Boston Public Health Commission, but also about this, the idea of racism as a public health crisis and the ways in which the city of Boston is addressing those the Boston Public Health Commission recently partnered with Children's Services of Roxbury in an organization called Digital Ready to provide funding for what's called the Generational Health Scholarship. Uh, and this partnership is going to fund 40 scholarships over four years for 40 students, uh, $800,000. And that's so that's $40,000 per student for students of color in the, in, in the Boston area who are pursuing um, careers in STEM fields and behavioral health. This is a massive um um, response to um, building to, to not only just uh, giving students of color an advantage that they could use to um, further their career in STEM and behavioral health, but also again really trying to 
practically attack the ways in which there is a economic divide. Uh, we know that there's a racial uh, wealth gap. We also know that there's a, a digital divide. There are many um, in the fields of tech and innovation. Uh, there is a, the people of color are grossly underrepresented today, and that trend is not getting any better. And there's only one way in which to do that, and that's by actually, again, as we talked about earlier in the show, is putting funding and resources towards ensuring that students of color who want to go into these fields and have pathways to those fields are it's are invested in. And I think this partnership is a great way in which um, that is happening. And so, Dr. Ojikuta, I want to um, ask you, can you talk a little bit about the Boston Public Health Commission's decision to fund these scholarships for black and brown students pursuing STEM and behavioral health careers and the significance of this partnership? Well, a major racial disparity gap for Boston area youth and young adults is, is access to higher education. And it's really structural racism that stops people from having access to quality education early on. And then that just causes just a, a ripple effect. You know, you just continue on through your career and have barriers that are put up so that you can't get access to the high, to higher education. And we know that there's this this. I guess interconnectedness between mm. education, wealth, and health—they're—they're—they're they're, oh. <laughs> they're deeply connected. And children from you know lower-income families—they really just haven't benefited from the scholarships that are out there. Those merit-based scholarship programs, you know, even if your state, whether it be Massachusetts or anybody, any other place, if you're looking across the country, even if you have them, you have these merit-based scholarships where you know you get locked out if, say, your test score was lower, or you know there were challenges to you staying in school or you get, you know, there were just, people have challenges and we know that that is the case. And many of those challenges stem from what we were talking about in terms of structural racism. So what we wanted to do is actually open doors, you know, just open them as wide as possible for as many young people as possible. And like you said, this idea of targeting STEM careers, so science, technology, engineering, and math, um, you know, uh, health professions degrees, behavioral health, all of which we need, all of which, you know, are great opportunities for young people to have. They can build on that. They can take it in different sectors. And just, it's, it's you know, my, my father always told me that, you know, get a career that no one can take from you. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And I think what he meant was get some skills. Right, <laughs> you know that's what I mean? right. And so and so that is what I've always, you know, kind of carried with me. And I think that's what we want to say is that, you know, here we are opening doors, getting some good skills. Like you said, I think Digital Ready is a a great organization that is really meaning to, you know, open up, you know, this this idea of, of being innovative, like all the technology that's out there. If you're talking about artificial intelligence, you're talking about machine learning, all these things that are happening that we we don't all have access to, like right. understanding, you know, so having that and then having Children's Services of Roxbury say, you know, we're going to wrap our arms around these kids and we're going to say, you know, even if you're excited about school, but you got a housing issue, you've got a social services need, you know, you have, you know, uh, behavioral health or, or mental health health issues, there are the issues going on in your life, we're going to help you deal with that while we are also still supporting um, your education. Right. So I think it's a great partnership. I'm excited to see how things um, un- unfold <laughs> over the years. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that, you know, what we're saying is that we want to commit to this over a period of time. We're not saying we're just going to do this, you know, one year as the funding allows, and we're hoping that we continue to have declaration funding, given that this, you know, crisis is still at play, that we can continue to to fund these scholarships and, and get kids through school. 
amazing uh, work that's already that's been happening that continues to happen. Again, you you the the, the partnership um, between. Boston Public Health Commission, Digital Ready, and Children's Services of Roxbury is just one one example of it, but it is uh, an extraordinary one again at that to to be able to give this opportunity for um, Black and Brown students um, that are pursuing you know technology and innovation um, careers. Um, so again, kudos to all involved, um, and and particularly again for again like as you mentioned earlier for not only just acknowledging the problem, but again taking actual steps on the ground put in the money where it needs to go, put in the resources behind it um, to make, to, to actually make an impact. Again, it's, it's, it's really um, not only just appreciated, but, you know, again, I, th- I thank you for your leadership and, and being a part of that. Um, for all of you who are listening to Rock Stocks Radio, if you want to find out more about how to apply uh, for the Generational Health Scholarship, um, if you represent students, you are a student, um, please feel free to uh, go to, you can go to the website, First at Children's Services of Roxbury, csrox.org. You can also go to the Boston Public Health Commission's website, bphc.org, to do that. Um, and also um, Digital Ready as well, uh, digitalready.org. As far as um, the final question for you, uh, uh, Dr. Ojukutu, and again, I really appreciate your time today. Um, you talked earlier again about, I mentioned community engagement, those who are most, who are closest to the issues, having a way in which to 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 be a part of the the solutions as well. I know um, Brian Stevenson, um, the great advocate, often talks about the proximity, right? To um, the those with the closest proximity to the to the issue should have the power as well to be a part of it. And so I ask you, what ways in which the can the Boston community continue to support, engage, or partner uh, with the Boston Public Health Commission and these mm-hmm. ongoing efforts to address racism? So I really appreciate that question. We're gonna host a number of community engagement events um, throughout Boston, starting actually in Roxbury to talk about some of the health inequities that we all know exist. Um, We have Health of Boston reports that are being released. And these reports are actually talking about our health in our communities. So talking about life expectancy, talking about diabetes, heart disease, um, you know, later on in the summer, we'll be talking about mental health, substance use disorder, uh, violence. And we're going to roll this out by just taking it into communities and, you know, let's talk. Let's tell us what you think needs to be done. We're going to try to make them as accessible as possible. So the the first one um, is June 21st, and it'll be held at Whittier Street Health Center, and there'll be a save the date that goes out and we'll blast it to the media so everyone will know about it. But we'll have others throughout the summer. So that's the thing. That's one thing. You know, let us hear your voice. I think the other thing is... um, partnering with us. Like if you have an organization like, you know, Children's Services of Roxbury, Digital Ready, you know, That's you know, right. and we'll, we can think about you for that opportunity or maybe future opportunities. You know, I think that's a big deal. Talking about our work with other people. I think I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about the generational health scholarship so that people know what we're doing, you know, and, and can give us some feedback. Hey, maybe try it this way next time. Maybe do this. We're open. We're open to innovation. We're open to thinking about things in a, in a different way. So, and the other thing is, is we're working for us. <laughs> so we have opportunities. Get that your are resumes available. together, y'all. Get your resumes right, right, together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try, I do this at every every talk I give. You know, there there are opportunities that are available here. We're looking for folks who are excited, who are innovative, who want to do things in a way that promotes um and advances equity. And and please, you know, think about it. <laughs> I love that. Again, uh Dr. Ojukutu, I cannot thank you enough for your time. I appreciate you again for coming on on this platform, talking about uh, the work that's currently being done. Um, and uh, we are, again, 
grateful for your work. We're grateful for the partnership between Boston Public Health Commission, Digital Ready, and Children's Services of Roxbury. And of course, on behalf of the students who will benefit from the funding of these scholarships, again, thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for the work that you do. Thank you for having me and thanks for all the work that you do and that, you know, Children's Services of Roxbury does. Excellent. You've been listening to Rocks Talks Radio on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. I'm your host, Harry Harding. I am um, always eternally grateful for your listenership, for your time, wherever you are joining us from, whenever you are joining us. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation and I hope you continue to listen to Rocks Talks Radio in the future. Thank you so much for your support and be well. Take care.